This week's episode is sponsored by Custos. Custos is a podcast hosting platform that helps you grow your audience through public podcasts and offer exclusive content through private ones. The WP Mayor podcast is actually hosted on Custos and a whole process has been great from the very start. Check them out at custos.com. Hi, this is Gabby Galea and welcome to the WP Mirror podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be speaking with Leslie Sim. Leslie is the co-founder of Newsletter Glue, which is a WordPress plugin that helps you send newsletters from right within your WordPress dashboard. We'll be speaking about what Newsletter Glue has to offer, and we'll also be talking about the business side of things, such as starting a WordPress plugin, marketing it, and much, much more. I really enjoyed this episode with Leslie. She's a wonderful person, and I can't wait for you guys to meet her. Hi, Leslie. It's nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a while now. We've been talking on email and Twitter, um, so it's nice to finally sit down and have a chat with you. So, Leslie, you're the co-founder, right, of Newsletter Glue? Um, yep, that's right. Why don't you just give us a little bit of an introduction and who you are and how Newsletter Glue started? Uh, yeah, so Newsletter Glue started from the ashes of an old plugin. So we first started out, my co-founder and I, um, Ahmed, he lives in Egypt. Um, so we started out with a membership plugin. And we had some trouble getting that off the ground. I think we weren't clear enough with our um, product differentiation and we didn't do enough marketing at the start. So we were kind of having trouble with it and we were thinking about shutting it down. And then, but in the process of shutting it down, I realized there was this add-on that we had created to the membership plugin, which was a MailChimp add-on that let you send blog posts as newsletters via MailChimp. And I had been using that for my own newsletter and I wasn't too sad to see the membership plugin close down, but I was sad to see that specific add-on close. And then I realized if I was sad about that, maybe other people would want that as well because I didn't know where I could find a similar feature from. And so with that insight, we kind of, I did some early uh, user discovery interviews and there was quite a lot of interest at the start. And so we decided to go for it. And that's how Newsletter Glue um, was born. Nice. And is it just you and Ahmed on the team or do you have other people? Uh, it's just the two of us. Right. Okay. So um, how long has it been available? Has it, have you started working on it? How long has it been? Almost exactly a year, actually. So we launched the free plugin in August last year. And then we launched the pro plugin in December, start of December. Um, yeah, so we launched a, the free plugin with the intention to see, you know, if there was any interest in it. And then we got some early interest and that encouraged us to build out the pro version, which is what we focus on today. Okay, so let's talk a bit about how Newsletter Glue works. So you mentioned that you can send blog posts as newsletters, right? through MailChimp as well. So you need that integration for it to, to actually work. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, yeah. So when we started, it was with MailChimp only. And we now connect to seven, secretly eight, which I can talk about later on, um, email service providers. So MailChimp, MailerLite, ActiveCampaign, Campaign Monitor, GetResponse, Sendy, and SendInBlue. And then the secret one is Clavio, which we now connect to, but we haven't released yet. 
yeah, so basically if you use any of those email service providers, you don't have to migrate to WordPress to use our connection. You can just connect by API and start publishing all your newsletters from WordPress. So this lets you write more, write um, newsletters much quicker because a lot of these email service providers, the email builders are a bit clunky or um, old to use. And writing in WordPress is a lot faster. It's a lot easier. Um, and we give you a bunch of blocks to make that even faster. So um, even designing and all of that is can be done really, really quickly. So for example, like our customers say they save on average like an hour of their newsletter every time they publish when they use us instead of their old way of working. Yeah, so that's kind of what we do. We let you publish your newsletters inside WordPress, build templates using patterns. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's wasting an hour or more of their time using uh, setting up newsletters is quite a lot of time. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a great asset to have. I've never actually used um, services like Mailchimp. So why don't you sort of give me a bit more information on what Mailchimp does? Let's say, for example, one of the eight that you mentioned. Um, yeah, so I guess you could consider Mailchimp. They call them that level, that type of software email service providers or ESPs. But what it really does is lets you send bulk emails and lets you um, create segments and lists. So for example, if you have an e-commerce business and you want, you know, let's say you, have, you own a pet shop and you have uh, cat products, dog products and fish products, you obviously don't want to send your 100,000 customers all the same newsletters. Uh, you want to send, you know, your 50,000 cat cat lovers, uh I don't know, 25,000 dog lovers and 25,000 fish lovers separate newsletters. So software like MailChimp lets you do that very, very easily. Uh, in contrast, if you are trying to send all of that out from your own personal email address, like Gmail or something like that, not only will it be very tedious to send 25,000 emails, um, but also it will likely get flagged um, as spam just because of the way that you are doing it um, because you're sending it in like two bulk away so email service providers like mailchimp and the rest that i mentioned they specialize in deliverability so making sure that your bulk emails all get sent out don't get marked as spam and they also specialize in email segmenting and automation so automation means for example when you buy something again from this pet shop immediately the you get added to a marketing email list and then you can get that 25% off coupon or something like that. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it gives you much more flexibility than regular um, service, service providers, mail service providers. Sorry about that. Um, we currently use MailPoets on, on WP Mail, and although it works, um, there are some things that, you know, are lacking. So we are constantly looking at different other solutions. So this could definitely be one of them. So, yeah, so you've got MailChimp and then you've installed Newsletter Glue on your WordPress website. You mentioned the block editor. Is it all done there? Uh, yeah. So we, this I guess like because we started the company just last year, so we decided to do everything as uh, modern as possible and use all the new Gutenberg stuff. So that includes the block editor, obviously, and um, a lot of the core components. So we're planning to move as much of the 
plugin itself to use the WordPress core components and like using React um, and all of the modern WordPress stuff that people can sometimes, it's like, yeah, it's been quite controversial, um, but that we feel is where WordPress is moving towards. And it was a great opportunity for us to get started at the forefront of the future of WordPress. Yeah, I've seen a lot of companies moving on towards the, the block editor side of things, even themes. So yeah, it's the way WordPress is, is moving towards. Once I start building up my newsletter in Newsletter Glue, you said you mentioned patterns. Can I create my own or do I have to use the patterns that you supply with Newsletter Glue? Uh, so you can do both. Mm -hmm. um, we come, it comes pre-installed with over a dozen header and footer patterns to get you started. Um, and then after that, you can create your own patterns um, just by dragging and dropping in the block editor, and then we can save it as a pattern. So this, yeah, it just makes it very, very easy to create little sections. So for example, if you have like um, two newsletters a week, one is uh, like an editorial one, a longer long form newsletter, and one is um, weekly roundup newsletter, then you can create slightly different patterns and templates and then just drag and drop them into the relevant newsletter and it makes everything much faster. Right. And this is something you'd have to update every week or can it be updated on its own? I mean, if you're adding new content and writing and all that, then you would have to add, add it on its own. All right. How would it really work? So you're writing the, po the post, right? You've written the post, you've published it. Next thing you want to do is send it to your subscribers in their email inbox. Do you have to start a new newsletter or is it all within the same blog post? Uh, it's up to you. So we allow for both. Mm -hmm. um, so we, and we have customers who do both actually. So um, you can, some customers will write their blog post and then immediately just uh, schedule that to be sent as a newsletter without touching it at all. Um, and then you have others who are uh, more, intense about what they want to do. They have a lot of customizations. So we have um, a feature that's called show height, like a show height feature, which lets you decide what goes into the blog post and what goes into the newsletter. So you can, you know, for example, if you in the middle of your blog post want to have a call out talking about, you know, like uh, subscribe, subscribe to the newsletter, you obviously don't want that to be in the newsletter itself, right? So you can hide that from the newsletter and have that show up in the blog post. And in contrast, maybe you want to give each newsletter like a introduction or like, okay, let's say like a coupon code, right? So in the middle of the newsletter, it's like a subscribers only 20% off mm -hmm. uh, coupon code. And you want to hide that from your blog post. So you can turn that on in your newsletter and hide that from your blog post. And then, so everything is just in that same newsletter and it's just one or two different sections, which are different. And you can do that inside the blog post very easy and send it up. Wow. That's a really good feature. You can, you can just toggle it on and off. That's great. And then for weekly um, roundups, I imagine those would be automated. Like, do you have to go in every week and update that or is it automatic? Right now it's not automatic, but we make it very easy as well. So we have this bulk post embeds block. Um, so you just need to, so if you're, if you're just sharing internal links, then you just search the name of the post that you wrote um, and then it come up and it pulls the featured image, the headline and the excerpt immediately. So yeah, so then let's say you've written or you've published 
five blog posts this week and you want to add that in, um, you just search each blog post, tap add, and then the whole thing is right there and it's all like perfectly formatted. So that takes, I don't know, 10 seconds or something, mm-hmm. um, assuming you know the name of your blog posts. Right. And then I guess for statistics and all that, you'd then go to MailChimp. Yeah, I think that covers mostly what NewsAsterClude does, I imagine. What sort of clients do you normally get? Are they more um, blog owners or do you also get e-commerce, for example, or e-learning, for instance? Um, So we get a combination of bloggers, e-commerce. I'm not sure if we we have membership site people, but I'm not sure if we have e-learning people right now. Um, And we also get a lot of publishers or newsrooms. So people who, you know, might run like their local news site or something like that. Um, We have a lot of WordPress people who write about the WordPress industry. Um, A lot of them use us as well. Yeah, so people, I guess, who already have a publishing platform um, and are looking to either graduate from their existing workflow or um, they want to start doing everything more in WordPress um, and hate doing the back and forth, uh, then they tend to like us a lot. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, because of course you don't need a whole new learning curve to, to learn how to set up newsletters in another platform. How beneficial is it to send posts through a newsletter rather than having it just on your website? So I guess it's distribution channel question. What I mean by that is so. There are only like a handful of distribution channels in the world, right? There's blogs, which you can, um, the distribution is, I guess, Google search. Um, people discover the blog online or maybe through sharing. Um, then you also have social media. So people share the link to the blog. Then you have email. Um, and at a stretch, I don't think most people do this, but I guess you also have SMS. And that's about it on, when it comes to digital stuff, right? And so... It depends on the person and how much uh, bandwidth they have, obviously. So, for an established blogger, you want to be able, you want to make use, uh, you want to make use of all the channels, right? You don't want to just blog and have no social media presence. Anyone will tell you that that's a bad idea. So, likewise, if you're blogging, you also want to have uh, email newsletters going out. But again, everybody is restrained with time and restrained with resources, and so you want to optimize that as. Uh, as much as possible. So being able to publish your blog post and in the same time, uh, you know, spend a couple of minutes to do the newsletter, spend a couple of minutes to do your social media posting. Uh, I think that's kind of the ideal flow, mm-hmm. which is where we come in. And would you suggest sending the whole post or just um, part of it and then linking back to your website to get in that, you know, um, those people coming in and maybe going to to visit other posts on your website? Uh, this is really tricky. I think it really depends on the person's strategy. So we have a lot of people who just send the whole post out because they don't care so much about trying to bring someone back onto their blog or website to take further action. So these would be um, typically like publishers, um, like editorial style newsletters, similar to the type of thing you would see on Substack, for example. So for those people, they just see email newsletters as a different medium. So it's like wherever the audience wants to read their content, that's where they're going to be. And so they don't care so much. They just want to make sure that the content is is read. Um, So that's one way of looking at it. Then the other is 
if you are an e-commerce shop, right, and you want people to go back to your site to either apply a coupon or um, check out the sale and all of those things. So then you might want to cut off, like restrict some of the content and get people to go back onto your site. Yeah. And then also, for example, paid newsletters, some of our customers do paid newsletters. And so they also want to direct people back to the site to read additional members-only content. So it really depends on kind of the strategy of the publisher and what they're trying to do. Yeah, you mentioned paid newsletters. I was going to ask you about private newsletters. So I imagine this is super easy to to do with newsletter glue too. Yep. So we work well with a bunch of pop, of the popular membership plugins. So paid memberships pro, uh, restrict content pro, member four, Pico. Um, our users use all of these plugins to create their membership sites, and we work um, very happily alongside those plugins. Nice. So moving on to more of the business side of things, you mentioned you've been around for a year now. How are how are you with active installs? Have you seen a rapid growth? How, how was your journey so far? It's been a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I think all and anyone starting a business will tell you that, right? Like there's ups and downs. So some some things that have been interesting for us is at the start we had good um, active installs on, on the free plugin. And then we shifted and stopped working on the free plugin and reduced the number of integrations. So what I mean by that is we used to allow integrations to all, all the ESPs, so all the email service providers on the free plugin. And then um, we realized that that meant that not everyone will upgrade. So we started to restrict that. And then, so now the free plugin only has MailChimp. And so the active installs kind of stalled and some even went down because once we limited integrations not everyone wanted to use us so so kind of learning about these things as we go has been uh, really interesting but also really tricky and one of the things that i've really benefited from was trying to make more connections in the wordpress community and learn from other plugin owners see what they're doing and what I can learn from them and how their business is different from mine. That has been really, really helpful for me to learn how to grow the business. Yeah. In fact, I've been seeing Newsletter Glue and your name pop up in, in various um, locations, be it Twitter or Slack. What's What are the main ways that you felt helped um, grow your business or create connections with other people in the WordPress community? I think you nailed it in terms of channels. <laughs> so Twitter and Slack. Um, I'm a big fan of the post status uh, Slack group. So anyone listening, if you're a WordPress business owner, you should definitely check it out, especially if you run uh, plugins or have an agency. And on Twitter as well. So like I just, uh, I try to follow as many people with the word WordPress in their bio. And then that just lets me see more WordPress stuff come up um, day to day on my Twitter feed and helps me see what people care about. And then as I respond to them, I build relationships with people on Twitter. And yeah, that, that has worked really well, actually. Yeah, I, I'm constantly trying to force myself to get a bit more out there on, on Twitter, especially. I'm not that used to it, so it takes, uh, takes a while to get used to. But apart from learning from other business owners, you also mentioned you had user discovery um, questionnaires. How do you get to know what your clients need? Okay, the first thing was reading the mom test by Rob's, Rob Fitzpatrick. That was like a mind-blowing thing for me because once I read that, I realized 
I was doing everything wrong and how to do it differently. So the main thing that I took away from the book was that you should only ask questions that are based that people can answer based on reality. So you don't want to ask question, don't want to ask a, a potential user, would you use this or what do you think of this? Because you know, then they'll either say, oh yeah, it's really nice because they don't want to hurt your feelings or it's going to be awkward if they say they hate it. Um, so you'll never really get a good answer from them. Likewise, if you ask them, how much would you pay for this? Right? Like you, they will just give you some random question answer, which is not realistic at all. So instead, um, he suggests to ask questions based on what they've already done. So it's like, have you searched for solutions like this before? Or like, which, you know, have you looked, for example, in our case, uh, you mentioned male poet, right? So like, have, have you searched, have you heard of male poet before? Have you searched for alternatives to male poet? So that gives you like a concrete answer from them. And like, it helps you see if they have even like looked for solutions within your niche. And then likewise, it's like, have you paid for anything like this before? Because if they're saying, oh yeah, we're already paying um, male poet $1,000 a month, then it's like, great, then you are my perfect customer, right? But if they say, you know, I've, I, you know, I only ever use the MailChimp free plan and actually I don't really even log into MailChimp ever, then you know, you know, even though they say that they like my plugin idea, they're probably never going to convert. Yeah, so that was like one of the huge mind-blowing things for me. Like immediately everything about the way that I asked questions changed and the information that I got was a lot better. The other thing was also just trying to make friends with as many of my customers as possible and providing really personal support. So for example, I follow a lot of my customers' personal newsletters so I can see how they are using um, my plugin and like sometimes I even reply to their newsletters and if I like notice something that they could be doing differently or improving or like a design thing, I'll just reply and like, hey, I noticed this, uh, which they always appreciate. And yeah, so like I think doing that helps me, it helps customers know that I uh, actually care and actually want to improve. And so they also feel less worried about sending me random feature requests. or Because I something that, um, something interesting that I realized is people actually feel scared to approach the plugin owner to say, hey, we have this feature request or hey, there's this bug because they feel that the, they're scared that the owner will, will just either ignore them or tell them we're not going to work on it or, you know, or like be hostile to them, which is kind of sad and unfortunate. So I try to be the other extreme, like very, very eager to help out however I can. And if it's an easy thing to implement, I will try to implement it very, very quickly. And that just helps to build a good relationship. And um, I think that's also why people are happy to talk about us on Twitter or even uh, mention us in their own newsletters uh, when they don't have to. Yeah, I mean, I can say I wasn't in the WordPress community for, for a long time I, before I was an architect. So really getting into this space has really opened my eyes and into knowing that there, there are actually people behind these plugins. You know, when you're just using them, you sometimes tend to forget, which is why I guess some people don't reach out that much to, to the developers. I've actually been involved in Spotlight for a while, which is a plugin that it's an Instagram feed plugin, which the company Rebelcode, the company behind WPMare has also um, developed. You know Mark, so yeah, he he was the guy who kind of spearheaded that that venture. And one of the like beautiful things that happened was actually seeing our customers using it, and they give you ideas and 
they come up with these wonderful ways of how to use the features you've already got in different ways that you wouldn't have expected. Have you have you noticed this in your clients? Yeah. So sometimes when we're doing support tickets, you know, we'll log into their sites or their staging sites and see how they've set things up. And it's like, oh, you know, they're all doing this thing. I never imagined it. So um, a good example was when we first started, it was like the whole idea was just sending blog posts as newsletters. And so, you know, there's there is no additional idea beyond that. But then when we saw customers wanting to send a newsletter that's separate from their blog posts, and they were creating their own newsletter custom post type. And then it, you know, it was like, oh, that's, you know, on, in hindsight, that's so obvious. But at the time, we didn't think about it at all. And so now we have our own uh, newsletter custom post type with its own separate archives and a whole bunch of customizations that we can do just because now it's a separate custom post type. Um, and that's only because we talk to our customers. I secretly look at their sites when they, when they ask for support so I can see how they set things up. Um, yeah, so definitely it's super fun and cool to learn from customers and build based on what they want. Yeah, actually something came to mind now. We actually use, for example, Elementor on our website. Would it be possible to use Elementor to, to create the newsletters or is it just only in the block editor that you can edit the newsletter? So, okay, so you asked something that comes up very often and it's a very tricky thing. So the thing is that uh, most, most site builders, they are optimized for the web. In contrast, all of our email is optimized for email and email um, HTML is like a whole different monster. So for us, actually, we have to do a lot of work behind the scenes to um, transform web optimized email, uh, web optimized HTML into email optimized HTML. And so when you add a site builder um, in the middle of all of that, it very quickly breaks down. So the short answer is no, <laughs> but that's kind of the, the reasoning behind it. I see. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, I guess you can still keep the same branding and everything within the block editor to some extent. So that should be fine. Yeah. So you mentioned Ahmed earlier on. What's his role in the company? Yeah. So Ahmed is the developer in the company. There's just two of us. So I do, I do everything that's not code related. I can't code at all, except for very basic HTML. Um, so he takes care of all of that. So he, he is, his experience is actually in membership plugins, which I guess is why he built, um, you know, our first project, which was a membership plugin. And he, uh, so he was like the lead developer on Ultimate Member and I think User Profiles Pro or something. I can't quite remember what that one was called. Uh, but yeah, he's basically been developing uh, membership plugins with hundreds of thousands of users for the past decade. I see. And you've come into the WordPress world recently or have you been here for quite a while? Uh, I started building WordPress sites in 2016. Um, so before this, I ran a digital marketing agency and like so many other um, tiny agencies out there in the world, uh, we use WordPress to build sites for clients and to you know do marketing for clients. So that's my background. So what pushed you into creating WordPress plugins? It's quite a, a different world, I imagine. Yeah, in 2019, I was kind of getting sick and tired of running the agency. It was doing well. Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of getting to me. And I always wanted to try my hand at 
software. Mm-hmm. So actually, I connected with Ahmed in Indie Hackers. He had written a forum looking for a co-founder. And so I replied to him and um, we started working together since then. You started Newsletter Glue, you mentioned with the free plugin, right? What then pushed you to go into the premium and then obviously you've got the freemium setup that you have right now? We always had the intention of building a commercial plugin. So we wanted to um, build it into a business, um, not just a side project. So the we started with a free plugin just to kind of test the waters, see if there would be any interest. Um, and hoping, you know, if we put our plugin on the WordPress repository, so um, wordpress.org, then we can see kind of what the traffic and interest was from there. Um, and then once we saw that there was interest, then we decided to build out the pro plugin. But interestingly, so now we're kind of in this existential crisis trying to decide, like, do we continue doing the freemium business model? So like with the free plugin in the WordPress repo and then like pushing people to upgrade to the pro inside the plugin, or should we try to move to a free trial business model? So instead of encouraging people to use the free plugin, we get people onto our main site and give them a 14-day free trial, for example, and see if they want to upgrade from there. And what platform do you use to sell your plugin? Uh, Right now we're using uh, Easy Digital Downloads, EDD. How have you found that? Good and bad. So it's very easy to set up right out of the box. You can start uh, accepting payments. I guess if you don't do anything at all, you can start accepting payments, I think within 10 minutes maybe. But then the the bad is that anything beyond that requires quite a lot of customization. So we spent quite a lot of time um, customizing our checkout. And one of the big projects which I've been procrastinating on is uh, customizing our accounts, like our um, customer accounts dashboard, which we haven't touched at all. So it's out of the box, EDD. And it's not that user-friendly, I would say. Okay. So back to, to the plugin, you mentioned you have the free version and the pro version. What are the key differences apart from, from the integrations? Is there anything else that changes between the two? Um, yeah, so actually the, the differences are quite a lot. Um, because we've because we've been having this existential crisis, so we haven't been working that much on the free plugin and trying to get new installs there. So, and we um, like I mentioned earlier, we limited the integrations and all of that. So over time, actually, I, just over the past three or four months, the amount of features in the pro plugin have really, really grown, and the free plugin has kind of stagnated. So the new setter custom post type is not available in the free plugin. So if you want to send stuff separately, uh, you have to do it in the pro. And we also have, I think now seven or eight custom new setter blocks um, in the pro plugin. So uh, again, these are all e- email, HTML optimized blocks. Um, so anything that you send will not break um, whether you're using Gmail, Outlook, or any other email client. What else? Oh, and patterns. So you can't build templates or patterns in the free version either. So yeah, so like all the main features, I guess, that we talked about earlier isn't really available in the free version. Uh, and obviously the email integrations as well. So if you use anything aside from MailChimp, then you have to upgrade as well. So you mentioned you have a background in marketing, right? 
How do you go ahead and start marketing a WordPress plugin? What are your go-to areas? So I have this very, very simple framework, uh, which I call one-to-one, one-to-some, and one-to-many. And so at the beginning of the life of a business, um, you have to start one-to-one. So that's uh, user user interviews, um, reaching out to people one-on-one, uh, doing video calls, doing emails, um, and just kind of being as close to the customer as possible to see, to learn from what they want, what they don't want, what they care about and what they don't. There isn't really a way to scale that. You have to spend the time to just do it. Um, so that's one-to-one. And you know, then those people will slowly become your first customers as well. Then one to some is like one degree of separation, for example. So doing uh, podcasts like this or like live streams or getting featured in newsletters, I would say that that's like a one to some kind of a strategy. So, you know, I, I know you or I know um, another newsletter writer who wants to feature um, my plugin. And so they, I can leverage their audiences to promote the plugin. Um, so that's a lot of kind of doing manual outreach, getting to know um, people in the community and um, hoping that they help me market the plugin. <laughs> so that's one to some. And now we are kind of in the transition to one to many, which is, uh, for example, SEO and content marketing. So that's at the stage where I don't know who is the referrer of, of my next customer. You know, they might have heard of me from five different places before and then do something else and I've never heard of them and then they just download the plugin. So that's kind of one to many. Um, and there's a lot more information and tutorials and education that you have to do to get to that stage so that they never have to hear from you personally or speak to you and they are still able to find everything they need to make a purchasing decision. So that's kind of like the broad framework that I've used to approach marketing the plugin. Like I said, we are kind of transitioning to the one-to-many now and I'm realizing how much um, information and documentation and blog posts that I have to write now and it's very, very painful. <laughs> and I assume affiliate marketing would then fit into that last category. You've got an affiliate program on, on Newsletter Glue 2. How did you find that? Um, how's it going? It's going okay. So um, I started it out with a one-to-some mindset in the sense that it was a closed affiliate program and only people who uh, I know. So if I know somebody and I know what their audience is like and I've worked with them before like yourself um, then then I'll invite them to become an uh, a part of our affiliate program so now like we're moving towards a one-to-many affiliate program so that would mean that I don't necessarily know the person so that also again makes it trickier because a lot of the I need to put a lot more resources on the affiliate dashboard so that people can just kind of help themselves which I don't think I've currently done a good job of. <laughs> um, so like, for example, in your case, like it's very easy for you to just um, reach out to me or email me and say like, hey, I need this, I need that. Or, you know, I even looked at what you had put up and then I helped to make some changes and I sent you over the image. Um, so that's kind of very one to some, right? I can't do that if I have a thousand affiliates. So with the affiliate program, the thing that I found um, works the best is when I do live demos. So like, affiliates with, uh, you know, like a weekly live stream or something like that. And then I'm able to demo how it works, show the workflow. Um, Then people really get it and are quite excited about being able to publish newsletters in WordPress. WordPress. So that's kind of the 
style of affiliates that has worked best for us so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, live demos are are one thing and videos as well are, are something that we really need, need to work on, even on WP Mirror itself. You've tried it yourself, right? Do you have a YouTube channel where people can go to? I have a YouTube channel, but I mainly use it for hosting all the videos that we have in our documentation and our plugins. Right, okay. um, yeah, I need to get a lot better at doing YouTube videos, but it's just so much work. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right. So yeah, I think we've covered a lot of things. So just to sort of conclude, can you give us a bit of an idea of the newsletter glue pricing? And I know you've also got a coupon code for our, for our listeners. So we're actually in the midst of changing our pricing structure, but I'll give you what we have right now. So right now we're broken down into one site license, five and 25. So one site license is $76 a year. So that's much, much less than $10 is like, I don't know, five, six, $7 a year, um, a month. And then publisher is $141 a year for five sites. And that's best for, you know, someone who has multiple blogs that they regularly publish in, um, or even a small freelancer or agency. And then we have the agency license and that's 25 sites license. And so that's someone who, you know, has quite a large network of clients that they want to implement newsletter glue for. So that's what we have now. Um, towards the end of the year, we're going to change to add features in the different pricing tiers as well. So for example, the uh, new tier that we're going to add is the newsroom tier. And that's for uh, large newsrooms. They might have, you know, authors, editors, and a bunch of other different um, users. And so for that tier, we'll have user permissions, um, which all the other tiers won't have because they don't need them. And then we'll also be having larger email integrations with them. Um, so for example, Clavio is going to go into our newsroom tier um, just because, you know, a smaller writer is never going to use Clavio because that's a quite like an enterprise level uh, email service provider. Likewise, like HubSpot, Pardot, that will all go into the newsroom tier. And then we'll have like a middle tier with for publisher. And so um, things like active campaign, um, campaign monitor will go into that tier. And then the writer will be simpler things like MailChimp, MailerLite, basically email service providers that single bloggers would tend to use. So that's kind of where we are moving to. And you've also got, um, you mentioned a coupon code, right? That you've got for readers. So we've got a newsletter blue 15% off. If you use the coupon code WPMIR, you can uh, show it in the, the show notes and also link it to our website. Yeah, Leslie, what can I say? Thank you very much for being on the show and for sharing your expertise and knowledge. I look forward to many more conversations with you. Yes, and super excited to see how the WP Mayor podcast kind of takes off. And, you know, in in a few years, I'm sure it's going to be the one that everyone listens to. And I'm super honored to be one of the early guests of it. I hope so. Thanks, Leslie. Thanks. Thanks.